Welcome to the Asking Why podcast. Our goal is to get to the root issues of systemic problems using a theological and psychological lens. We hope you enjoy. Putman Restoration is a proud sponsor of the Asking Why podcast. Putman Restoration specializes in commercial disaster services, including water damage, fire, smoke, mold, and storm. Their goal and desire is to get your properties up and running as soon as possible after disaster strikes. Hospitals, schools, hotels, and large municipal buildings. Malls, churches, and large commercial properties are their specialty. Manage properties nationwide? No problem. Putman Restoration Services, their clients nationwide. They are strategically partnered with elite restoration companies throughout the U.S. and Canada, giving their clients resources during disasters where normal companies would be tapped out. Trust the professionals at Putman Restoration when disaster strikes. Visit them online at www.putmanrestoration.com or give them a call at 318-453-5029. Welcome to the Asking Why podcast. I'm your host, Clint Davis, and we have a end of the year podcast. I don't know what episode it is, but I'm sure Chip will make that work. Um, hope you guys are having a good year. I'm just very thankful that, you know, so many of you guys have listened to the podcast, have followed the Facebook and Instagram pages are showing us so much support. You know, many of you have bought the building better bridges book and have been such a great support for, you know, our vision and what we're trying to do within mental health and within theology and within counseling and within church and, and all the things that we're doing at Clint Davis counseling. So I just want to thank you for your support. And many of you share the podcast all the time. I've run into people at book signings here recently and um, the different speaking events who have listened to the podcast and who love it and who are so encouraging. So first is thank you for that. Um, just feel so blessed in the season of life that I get to do what I do. And um, just want to update you guys on a few things next year. We are going to kind of blow this thing up and hopefully do some more things with videos and some trainings and some podcasts and um, Patreon page and some other ways that we can get more content out to Christians who want to work on their mental health and their spiritual health and who want to just live a healthier life. I think uh, it's a hard balance, you know, in the world of psychology and theology and church and the secular world of, of finding a balance between the two. And, and I hope that we help you guys to do that and send you to the right resources and continue to have awesome speakers and, and um, guests on here to talk about hard things and to talk about life and to talk about the things that I think the average parent and individual and couple is dealing with in life. And, um, yeah, so we're going to keep doing that. So thank you for your support. Please share this. If you haven't grabbed the book and you are a listener, please grab the book, please go get building better bridges, uh, buy a few copies for some friends. It would really help me. It would take, you know, two seconds of your time to, um, go write a review. If you have read it, those are things that I really, really need support with. And so I'm, I'm asking, you know, asking for what I need as we talk about on here. Um, this episode, I'm going to do a little bit of a Christmas episode. I've been wrestling, um, this last couple of years with, you know, uh, church and culture and raising kids in the American culture. And really the Holy spirit has been so kind to me and our family in helping us change some things over the last couple of years. And, really shift some things in our lives to slow down and to prioritize the things that are important and the things that God has for us. And so I hope that this, this helps, but what started the process was, um, dealing with the, the concept of like anointing oil. So in James, it talks about if someone is sick, that you should gather the elders and you should anoint them with oil and, um, Jesus will save them and heal, heal them. And I was like, okay, what is that? Why don't we do that in church? Or why don't I see that done very often? And if you're a person who listens to this on some, you know, on 
one theological side, you may do that. It may be very common, but it's not been common practice in, in my church or in my community or in my own life to anoint someone with oil. And a couple of years ago, um, one of my friends is a pastor and they gave me some anointing oil and say, Hey, I prayed over this. I mixed it up. Um, I wanted to give it to you for clients or give it to you for people you meet with that are sick or they're struggling with mental or emotional or spiritual health, you know? And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. I have no clue what to do with this really. So started looking into it, started like reading and studying about anointing oil and, and what that means and talked to pastors and, you know, Googled and looked up stuff in my old seminary books and, Anyway, that's not the focus of this podcast as much, but what that led me to was the concept of Christmas. So this is Advent right now, or it may not be for you, maybe listen to this later, but as a Christian, right, as a person who follows Christ, what does that mean? And so I started looking up uh, the Bible Project and several other podcasts that deal with this kind of stuff, and Michael Heiser and some some other things, and those are things you can go check out. Um, but the word Christ or Christo uh, means the anointed one. So this idea of anointing something is the idea of bringing heaven to earth. And so when we anoint something with oil or when the, in the old Testament, they would anoint a priest or Jacob anoints the rock and they call it Bethel, the the gateway to heaven or the stairway to heaven. It's to signify that this place or this thing or this person is the gateway to God is the pathway to get to God. And before Christ, they anointed things with oil to represent that. And so why is it oil? Why is it not water or blood or, you know, wine or whatever? Well, oil is a great example, a perfect example of the tree of life, the water that flowed out of it and the creation of man, of Adam and of Adam and Eve. Why is that? Well, the, the, if you take an olive, for example, the olive is the seed of life that comes from it olive tree. And when you crush that seed of life, you get a liquid and oil that flows out of it. When the garden, you have the tree of life and out of the tree of life, the scripture says that a river flowed out of it. And in Genesis, it talks about how God made man out of the dust. But the word they use in the Hebrew isn't dust, really. It's like clay He formed us in out of the clay. And how do you have to have make clay, but you have to have water. And so there's the tree and the garden is there because there's water. And in the beginning, it says that the spirit hovered over the water. So there was this, this idea that something about the spirit and something about water coming together creates life. And oil is the perfect representation of that because of what it is, because it's this life of the plant that you're squeezing that, that you break down, that becomes a liquid. So anyway, I thought that was an awesome analogy. And so I was just diving into that and looking into that and, and, then you study through Saul and David, how they were anointed and they failed and then, or Saul was, and then David was anointed and he fails and the priests fail and the judges fail. And, and throughout the old Testament, really you have the story of Adam and Eve were the original co-heirs with Christ. They were the original, you know, the goal for them was to bring Eden and spread it out to the rest of the earth. And so that's man's purpose, right? The, the purpose of all of us is to, if you're a Christian, is to represent God on earth. And that was that's really everybody's purpose, but some of us choose to believe that and some of us choose not to. And so that idea of the anointed one, right? So you have all these people and all these things that are anointed up until the New Testament, and then you have Christ comes on the scene. 
Jesus comes on the scene, and he's called Jesus the Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus the Anointed One. And when he starts his ministry off, he gets baptized in the Jordan, and there's water, and he's buried, and then resurrected out of the water, and a dove lands on him. The Spirit of God lands on him. And so there's, again, this analogy, this representation of something about water, something about an anointing that 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 tells the people that this is the Christ, that this is the anointed one, this is the one who's come out of the line of David, out of um, you know the line of Adam to make up for what we couldn't do ourselves. And so, man, I started thinking about that and what that means for us. And, you know, Christ... He lived on this life, on this earth, a, a perfect life, and he taught us the way, right? The way, the truth, and the life. And if we follow him, then we model him. And so we're called Christians, Christos in Hebrew. Uh, the We're little Christ. We're Christians. We, we follow Christ. And early on, right, it would, in Judaism, when Jesus had died and, and left— people looked at us and they they named these Jews Christians because they were the ones who followed Christ. They were the ones who followed that particular rabbi. And so like Christians didn't come up with that name. They they got called that name and it, and it stuck. But they were called the anointed ones, the ones who follow Jesus. So what's that mean for this season of Christmas and Advent, right? What is Advent? Advent is the celebration of Christ's birth, of the anointed one's birth. And I, I'm going to repeat that because you know, we don't think of it like, or at least I don't think of it that seriously most of the time. I, I hear Christmas and people think of Santa and they think of elves and they think of, you know, sleigh bells and, and songs and music and, and you know, certain decor and lights and all the things that go with it. But Christmas, when you're saying Christmas, what you're saying is the Christ mass. The mass of Christ is what it, it really means. It's the mass of the anointed one. This this season is about celebrating this beautiful picture of Jesus being the gateway between heaven and earth, the thing that brings us back to Eden, that brings us back into Shalom with God, the person who sacrificed himself to make a, a way back to our original purpose in the garden. And that idea of the anointed one should bring this idea of the oil and the water and the mix of the spirit and the water that brought about the gateways in the in the New Testament or the Old Testament, excuse me, and that would remind us of, of the garden. And so everything is reminding us of what it was supposed to be and what our original purpose was before sinning. And Christ came, the anointed one came to to make a way when we could not make a way for ourselves, when we could not save ourselves, when we could not redeem ourselves, when the judges and the priests and the sacrifice and all of those things fail. Christ comes and overcomes death and overthrows all these things and is redeeming heaven and earth, is is making a way for us to live in that. And so he lives in that state on earth perfectly, and then he dies and is resurrected. Most, uh, most people that are listening to this podcast know the story. And then he comes back, right? And he meets with the disciples in the room and... You know, they're all sitting around talking and they're wondering what they're going to do and what happened. And he shows up and they're like, oh, whoa. And he's like, shalom. And and they say, wait, what is this happening? What, you're, you know, they freak out and he says, shalom. And then it says he pours out the Holy Spirit on them. They he, In this private setting, they receive the Holy Spirit. And then later 
during Pentecost, the Holy Spirit pours out on everyone and there's fire above their head and they speak in, in this way that everybody can hear them in all these different tongues and, and the Holy Spirit comes on any believer at that point. So what's that mean? What am I talking about? Well, that, that was an anointing, right? When we get baptized, when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are now little Christ. We are now anointed ones. We are the ones who should be the gateways between heaven and earth. We are the ones who bring the kingdom of God to earth in our actions and our behaviors in the way we live our life, in the way that we parent, in the way that our marriage looks, in the way that um, we function in society, the way that we look in our jobs and our businesses. We are to be the, the new representation of, of God on earth. We are to, we're able to do that because of the power of the Holy Spirit, that because when we become Christians, we give our life to Christ. He doesn't come and dwell in our heart, right? He is in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. Um, he is you know, intervening on our behalf, but he left behind, he said, something great, greater than I, the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit is Jesus, right? We believe in a triune God, but they, they're different people and with different purposes. And the Holy Spirit is there to fill us up to help us to to have the fruit of the Spirit, to have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. I think I got them all. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Even love, even, even love is a fruit of the Spirit. So if we're to be loving to other people as Christians, as anointed ones, we cannot do that without the Holy Spirit loving through our flesh, through our brokenness, because we're in the not yet. We, Jesus has not returned and restored all things. What Jesus did was make there be a way that God can see us now how we will eventually be. So God sees us because of Christ right now how we will eventually be. He sees us as redeemed and restored. He sees us as no longer slaves, but as sons and daughters. He sees us as no longer filthy rags, but as anointed ones. He seats us in heavenly places. He washes our, our sins white as snow. We stand in his righteousness, all these things that are in scripture. And so it just hit me this, this year, you know, that that is such a powerful, important role for us as Christians. And I don't want us to miss that, or at least I don't want to miss that in, in this holiday season where we celebrate all these things in Christ's birth to not miss what that means, that Christ's birth, even saying that the birth of Christ, the anointed one's birth, the, the one who was anointed to come and make a way for all of us when there wasn't a way, and by receiving his Holy Spirit and by making him king of kings and lord of lords, we take on that mantle on this earth. We are to be bringing the kingdom of earth here in our behavior, in our actions, and obviously we're broken, and we can't do that perfectly, but what I want for us is the reason that mental health is important, the reason that believing these you know truths about yourself and what God says to you about you and as a Christian, diving into your role and your the importance of you being the the person you are isn't for you, right? It isn't for us. It 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 is helpful, right? It makes us God cares about us and He loves us and individually and particularly and uniquely, um, because we're His daughter and, and we're His sons. Uh, but 
it that is so that we can love other people so that we can be his representative it's not solely for us to receive all that for us just to sit here it's we receive all that and then we believe all that and we go out into the world and we model that and we teach that you know paul constantly is saying i am the chief among sinners i'm the worst i have this thorn in my side that i can't overcome and also look at me and follow me and you will be following Jesus because I'm following him. And so that, that should be all of our stances. And yet I know I find myself very, even in the position I'm in, you know, doing podcasts, teaching, leading, I am inadequate all the time without the Holy spirit. And it's this internal struggle that we have in believing that we have the power that Christ says that we have, that Jesus said that you will do greater things than I. And I don't know about you, but I don't always believe that. I'm like, I haven't even touched, you know, I can't even tie, like, you know, John said, I can't even tie Jesus' sandals. Like, I, I, there's nothing I can do. And that's right. I can't. You can't. But we as Christians, as spirit-filled believers can because of what Jesus did and the power that he's given us. And so we are to be those anointed ones this this holiday season or next year or whenever you're listening to this. Your life is so much more than what you're buying someone for the holidays, what your what the gift is, what conflict you have with your stepdad or mother-in-law, what conflict you have with your kids, you know, what vacation we're going to go on, what money we're going to spend, what retirement plan we're going to have, what baseball team we're going to play on. Should we play baseball? Should we not? Should we do track? Should we not? Should my kid go to this college? Should they not? I mean, all those things are important. And I know I'm dealing with all of those things and all those questions, but they're all just earthly things. They're just an earthly focus, a human focus on things that are going to burn, things that are going to be dust, things are going to die like a flower, like scripture says, it, it blooms and then it dies. But think of these things, right? These heavenly things, these kingdom things, this season, right? Am I listening to who God says that I am? Am I in the word? Am I in prayer? Am I in communion with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus and with God? Am I, do I have a relationship with Jesus? Do I really know him? Do I talk about him like I talk about my best friends? Do I spend time with him like I spend time with my, my best friend? Or is this, this, this thing that I do, Right? to make myself feel better, to make myself, um, to check the box, to, you know, not feel like a bad Christian. Many of us can struggle with that from time to time. But what I want for us as we, as we go through the season is to, to believe in more than that, to believe that we can be so much more, not on our own, not from our own pride and our own arrogance, but from humility, from, from emptying ourselves and saying, I, I can't do anything. You know, so many people come into my office and, you know, and within the work and they're just exhausted and they, they're like, I'm done. You know, I'm done in my marriage. I'm done with my kids. I'm done with my job. I, I, I don't have enough. I'm ran out, wrung out, exhausted. I've given it my all and I'm done. And we have to have the philosophy that we start done. Right. If we think that we, you know, people say I'm at the end of my rope. Well, we wake up every day at the end of our rope without the Holy Spirit. We wake up exhausted and tired and and not having enough because we never did. And I think the humility of that, which I don't like, if I'm honest, I, I want to be enough. <laughs> I want to be enough for my wife. 
right? I, I want to be enough for my kids. I want my employees to think I'm amazing. I want them to think that I'm doing everything and, and with the best intentions and that, and then, and, and honestly, it's just not true left to my own flesh, left to my own devices. I'm going to choose selfishness. I'm going to do it for the wrong reasons. Even if I attempt to do it for the right reasons, there's going to be imperfection in that. But when the Holy spirit is leading, when the Holy spirit is guiding, then there's where healing and connection and all of those, all that fruit comes from. But that means I have to get out of the way, right? That means I have to die to myself. That means I have to humbly, humbly empty myself and ask God for Christ to be all right. And I, I can't do that without the Holy spirit scripture says, and I can't do that without this understanding and belief that I'm made for more than just this fleshly stuff. There's just this American stuff, just this worldly focus on temporary solutions, right? To eternal problems, dopamine hits and immediate gratification and things that feel good right now in the moment, but that have lifelong consequences in some ways. I think that's the point that I want to end with is what are you, you know, just ask yourself some questions. What am I focused on right now today? Before listening to this podcast, what am I coming to the podcast to look for? What am I listening to this thing for? What, what do I hope to gain out of it? And I hope that you gain that you're loved and you're valued and you're worthy. I hope that you gain that you are more than your problems and your circumstances. And information is not going to be the thing that changes that. Information is helpful. It can reduce your symptoms. It can alleviate some pain. It can give you direction and guidance. And all of those things are good. But it can't bring healing. It can't bring neurological change. It can't bring heart change. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And where do we find the Holy Spirit? We find the Holy Spirit in prayer and submitting ourselves to God and being obedient in the things that Scripture tells us to do. But we also find it in relationships with other Spirit-filled believers that love us in the way that God loves because they have the Holy Spirit and because they're filled and they can do supernatural things that don't make sense to them. And in community is where we find that healing in this season as we celebrate the Mass of the Anointed One. And it's not just about celebrating his birth, but about his return. And so you have this, this tension of Jesus came, he died, and he resurrected, and he saved us, but we're still here. And so God, yes, God sees us as redeemed, as restored, as we will eventually be, but we're not yet that. And so we struggle. We sin. We reject the truth. We cope in negative ways. That's the journey that we're all on. Everybody, everybody's on that journey. And some people are a little further down the road and they do it a little less or a little fewer and farther between. But if we're Christians and we're on this earth and we're, and Jesus has not returned and restored all things, we're in the not yet, right? We're in the middle. And so as anointed ones, as little Christ, as Christians, as Christ followers, and I don't mean the superficial American version of that where, you know, even porn stars and artists that sing about, you know, all kinds of trash wear cross necklaces on their, their um, necks. And it's just an image that's cool or a thing that we do, but people who are really chasing and pursuing Jesus in their lives, 
how do how do people know the difference in 2023 and, and about to be 2024? Well, they know the difference by how you suffer like Christ. Because we're all struggling financially, emotionally, in the changes in culture, politically, in our family systems, in our marriages, with our children. There's just a lot of pain, a lot of struggle, a lot of suffering that's going on. And and Jesus was the suffering servant. He came and he suffered lots. Right? He he suffered so much that, you know, we have a high priest, it says, that is not unempathetic because he's gone through it. Right? If you're str- I don't know what you're struggling with right now. There's a long list of stuff, but Jesus does understand. He came on earth as as a human being so that he could show us that he understands our suffering. He's the suffering servant. And so how do people know us as Christians in 2023? When we drive Escalades, when we have 5,000, you know, square foot homes, when we, you know, have all the material possessions and the televisions and we do social media and we do sports and we, we do, you know, education and we do all these things, unfortunately, so much like the world. And some of that's okay. I'm not, I'm not saying any, all of that's bad. The question is, where's your heart posture with it? And then how do people set us apart? Well, they set us apart when we suffer. As we suffer, do we suffer like the, like the world? Do we get hopeless? Do we get helpless? Do we get angry? Do we get bitter? Do we lose our hope? Do we focus on the things in our lives that we're losing, the job that we lost or the sickness that we have? And do we start acting like victims and getting bitter towards God, to, uh, towards others, towards different genders or different nationalities or different, you know, freaking football teams or whatever it is that we get bent out of shape about when we're really suffering, when we're really struggling, what is it that, how do we represent ourselves? I think it's important that as we live our lives, as we go through this season of of Christmas and as we go into the new year and as we're living in 2024 or wherever you're listening to this, that that suffering that we have going on, whatever amount it is at this point, right? It's more or less depending on where you're at, that we represent Christ in that, that we, that we have hope in his return, right? That we celebrate this advent, celebrating his birth, celebrating his life, celebrating his death and his resurrection come Easter with these themes. But we also are, are recognizing and longing that as we suffer and as we struggle, that he's coming back and he is going to restore things back to how they're going to be. And he's going to restore heaven and earth and bring it back to a place where God is there and we are there. And it's the new Eden where there is no more suffering. There is no more death. There is no more divorce. There is no more affairs. There is no more addiction. There is no more depression or anxiety or no more tears. And we have to find this balance where as Christians and as we suffer, we hold two truths at the same time. That we can grieve that it's not the Garden of Eden. That we can grieve our own sin and our own brokenness. And we can grieve what's happened that's got us to this point in our lives. We can grieve abuse that's happened to us or, you know, neglect that's happened to us or trauma that's happened to us. And we can own that and go, wow, it's terrible. It's awful. Let me sit in it. Let me process it. Let me go to counseling. Let me go to my pastor. Let me go to my friends. Let me, let me you know, deal with this pain. Let me acknowledge that, man, I was a victim of this thing that wasn't supposed to be and wasn't supposed to happen. Let me find 
hope in that. Let me find Christ in that. Let me be redeemed from that. Let me rewrite the narrative that I have in that. But then we have to shift. We have to move out of the victim seat and we have to then go and use our stories and our testimonies as, as anointed ones, as followers of Jesus to tell what he did in our lives, to show his power in our lives and, and to bring that power to bear on other people's brokenness and their sin and their struggle. And we have to hope in Christ's return. So as Christians, it's both. It's both fully being emotionally aware and attuned to God and giving him our grief and our problems and our frustrations, but it's also doing that differently than the world does by having hope, by pointing people to Christ's return and showing them that our job on earth as anointed ones is to be redeeming this thing along the way. Right? It's not just we're just living this life and we're trying to do good things and have good behaviors until Jesus comes and, and we punch our ticket. But it's it's a it's a, a vision or a, a modality where we go, okay, the end's coming, Christ's coming, and my life is going to be in such a way that it's preparing for that thing. I may expect him to come back in the next 30 seconds. I'm going to live my way as if he, life as if he's coming back tomorrow or today. And if he doesn't, then this life will be a transition into eternity. I will continue to do things and, and live a way that I bring the kingdom of God and reconciliation and redemption into the world through the power of the Holy Spirit, by the grace and, and life and death of Jesus. And my hope is, is that through all that suffering along the way, that it's all going to be okay. That Christ is going to redeem all of it. And so this Christmas season, don't lose that. This This new year, don't lose that. Focus on attuning to and attaching to and spending time with the God of the universe and believing that he loves you so much and that he has created you for so much more than what's going on. And if you're in a space where that just seems crazy and there's no way that you're going to be on the other side of it, trust me, I understand how you feel. And trust me that this this podcast that I'm telling you and I'm calling you and challenge you is is not how I feel every day. That's the challenge. The challenge is, is that I can do this podcast. I can be fired up about it in this season. And if I'm not careful a week from now, an hour from now, a month from now, I will have a battle, a spiritual battle where Satan attacks and spiritual forces attack and they make me doubt and they make, they shame me and they bring in intrusive thoughts and they bring in anxieties and they bring up my past sin. They throw it all in my face. And my weapon, our weapon of warfare is also got to be spiritual. It's got to be the Holy Spirit because no, no amount of information is going to break that down, right? No amount of behavior modification is going to change that. It can help. It can relieve it. It can temporarily fix it. It can give us a break and some reprieve, and none of that's bad. But we got to make sure that we fight spiritual things with spiritual things, and that we got to forget. We can't forget that our lives are so much more than what we're seeing on a daily basis, and and that the lens in which we see through scripture says it's very foggy and very hazy and the mirror that we see is dark. And so anyway, that's, that's the challenge for the season. I hope this is helpful. Um, I hope I didn't ramble too much cause that was just all off the cuff and top of my head. I didn't even bring notes. So um, I'll have to listen back to it maybe and see if it sounds crazy. But anyway, I hope that you guys um, really see that what we're trying to do at our practice and within the information that we do is just magnify Christ and respect other people's differences and love them and, and value them and, and just be in a place of healing and help for people 
who want it. And so if you want more of that, if you like what we're doing, if you like this message, we love your support. And you can support us by signing in and following our Facebook page, following our Instagram page, liking and sharing our posts, by reviewing the podcast. Like we have thousands of listeners that listen to this podcast, but very few people go and do a review on iTunes. That would be extremely helpful. I could also use your help by you purchasing the book um, and writing a review on Amazon and letting people know what you think about it. Uh, purchasing, the, purchasing the book for your friends and your family. Uh, the Building Better Bridges book, you can find it on Amazon. I think it's on a discount right now. It'd be very helpful to me. Um, it can fund the things that we're trying to do here to help other people to get more video content out. Um, and you can sign up in the, in January when we launched the Patreon page, you can sign up for five bucks a month or 15 bucks a month and get more content, get more education, get more support for your family and yourself because we all need it. And so my goal is starting in January, 2024 is to put out better content, more content, um, give you guys more resources that are more accessible so that you can continue to fight this battle that we're all in and, and we can do this together. So anyway, thank you. God bless you. I appreciate everything you guys do for us. Um, please don't forget that. Don't forget that we, we need your support as much as you appreciate the things that we put together. So God bless you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <laughs>